On today's episode, Beata Jones, elite gymnast, entrepreneur, and future doctor, shares her journey from the gym to the garden. We discuss how her journey to the garden in remembrance of her grandfather intersected with my need to honor my father. As a new business owner, we discuss how she discovered her passion for plants and the lessons we can learn from being plant caretakers. Join us. The sponsor for today's episode is Pivot 2.0, Another Shift is Coming, a virtual women's summit. On Saturday, April 17th, join us for an engaging interactive summit that will prepare you for the next season of your life. Visit theheightening.com to register today. Welcome to The Heightening, a place for those who are answering the call of God to fulfill God's purpose in their lives. We are women who are being elevated to a level of intentionality and empowerment to lead the life we were created to live. Please welcome our host, Yolanda Colwell. Welcome to this episode of The Heightening. I am excited to introduce you to Beata Jones. Beata is a former NCAA gymnast with over 20 years of experience under her belt. She used that knowledge and expertise in a myriad of fitness-related occupations, such as coaching and judging competitive gymnastics, along with being an exercise specialist and a personal trainer. She now resides in Atlanta, Georgia, attending school in preparation to apply for her doctorate in physical therapy. She also recently started a business, Mr. Mac Plant Things, where she shares her love of plants with interesting plant facts and creating plant things. Beata, welcome to the Heightening Podcast. Ms. Yolanda, it is so good to see you. Thank you for having me. Listen, so many of our listeners know that I have the dopest set of friends, that I have people in my circle of influence that are amazing. And audience, I am so, so excited to introduce you to this young lady. She has transformed my life and she didn't even know it. So <laughs> when you talk about the power of social media and Instagram, um, Beata, you definitely impacted me with some of the stuff that you've been doing. And I look so forward to talking with you about that today. I'm really excited. And I am just so honored to be on today. So I, and I mean, you just said you have so many amazing friends. And I, like what, you're one of the people who I looked up to when I was younger. And as I'm older, like I just, I told you earlier, like just the little things that you would do that now I look back and it's just, it was such an impact. And it's really like, I was really blessed to have the people in my life that I had when I was younger. And I still have them today that I could easily just talk to. And you are definitely one of those people. So it's great to talk with you today. Listen, so Beyond and I will let you in on a little secret audience. Uh, she, we all live on the East Coast. 
and she was brave enough to go to college on the West Coast. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a lot. That was a lot. It was, yeah, Arizona. Arizona was, I mean, I went out there, took that leap. In the moment, it was great. And even in the end, I ended up staying out there for seven years. I loved it. It was great. But I, it was a big leap that I, that God was like, oh, you're going to do this. You, you might not be ready, but you're going to do it. And I was like, okay, whatever you say, let's do it. And, now, it was and you were one of the first people to visit. <laughs> yes, my, my family and I, we visited Beata. Um, we were the first family to visit you outside of your immediate family. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think we came like within a month of you going Oh, it was it was within the first month of me even being in college because I remember not really knowing how to direct you to get to my dorm. <laughs> I still didn't really know where I was, and I was like, "I'll stand outside. I'll meet you somewhere. You'll see me." <laughs> but it was important because we watched you grow up. We watched you mature into this beautiful young woman, and to follow your dreams of gymnastics and to go to Arizona to pursue your your craft um, and to grow and develop. And we just wanted to support you and let you know that we believed in you and what and you were doing. I appreciate doing. that. I appreciate it now and I appreciated it then, but I don't think I knew how to vocalize it, but I definitely appreciate it. Well, here you are. You have completed your gymnastics career. You are pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy, and you have a business. Yes, yes, I do. Um, That was, and to just even say those things right now is already just showing me personally how far I've come. Um, Like you said, gymnastics was my life. That was something that even though people knew me in other aspects, Gymnastics was my life. And for the first 20 years of my life, it was gymnastics. And I, I used that as my identity. And so when I was done, I was trying to figure out what to do afterwards. And that took some time. That took a lot of soul searching. Um, when I finished college, I knew that I wanted, at that time, I knew I wanted to coach collegiate gymnastics, but I was going through different phases. I didn't realize like you had to volunteer more. You had to go travel to other places and maybe go to like Missouri for a year and do that. And, and I wasn't really willing to do that at the time. I was, I said, I would just coach and I stayed in Arizona for another year. And then finally I talked to my mom and I was like, I'm going to come back to Jersey. And when I went back to Jersey, I worked as a exercise specialist at a clinic that I knew a PT clinic that I knew uh, before I went to college. And during that time, I pivoted and grew and lived with my parents again. I had a different occupation than I had before. Um, Working in the medical field was amazing, but I was still kind of finding my own path. But I still, as, and it's funny because everybody always is like, you have so much confidence, you have this. And, and I was like, yeah, okay, thanks, I guess. Do I really, you know? And um, throughout that time, I knew and I realized like, okay, 
reach for what you want to do because I still didn't know. If I really thought hard about it, I kept saying that I wanted to coach gymnastics, but I really think that that was what was comforting to me and that was what was normal. And I loved working at the the PT clinic because that was a little bit of a challenge and it was me getting out of my comfort zone, but it still wasn't. If I wanted to do more from that job, I would have to go somewhere else or I have to get go to become a physical therapist. And I didn't believe in myself enough to do that at that time. So I knew I needed to do something. I don't want to say drastic, but I knew I needed to do something bigger. So I moved to New York City. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. (laughs) I like that. I like that. I need to do something bigger. So I'm going to go to the bright lights of the big city. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I, I was following the child the child, uh, I was following the child inside because I had always told my parents when I was younger, I said, I wanted to be a doctor. And then I said, I wanted to live in New York for a year. I didn't care how it happened. I kept saying that I wanted to do that. So Beata, that is so interesting. So I, my path was a little different than yours. Um, As soon as I graduated from college within a year, I was married. So I did not have an opportunity to live on my own or to do that. Um, I I immediately, I think I had my apartment maybe a couple of months before we got married, you know, getting everything set up, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't a bachelorette pad. It was always, you know, preparation for a family Mm -hmm. or for a home. But I did say to my husband, I think after we had been married for about 15 years, I said, when we retire, I want to go and live in New York City. I said for six months. And I want to live there in the spring and the summer to enjoy the festivals. The That's all I want. I don't want to be there for the winter. I don't want to be there for the snow. (laughs) I don't want to be there for that. I just want to be there so that I can go to matinees on Broadway and go to Central Park and and do all of those fun things. So please tell us a little bit about your, your life in New York City. How was it? Is it what I imagine it to be? It is if you make it that. You have to be intentional. You have to be intentional with what you want to do when you live there because you can get caught up. Because I said I wanted to live there for one year. I ended up living there for three. (laughs) I ended up living in New York for two and a half, three years, two and a half, three. And when I moved there, I told, and literally I made this decision within like three or four months. I told my mom in the summer, I think I want to move to New York. She's like, well, you want me to get a job? <laughs> like, are you, are you, what are we going to do? I'm like, oh, I, I already have it figured out, mom. Like I was initially, I became a coach, a gymnastics coach. I found a full-time position. So I was like working in the office and coaching gymnastics at a gym in New York. And it was right. They had three locations, but I was on the Upper West Side. So um, that is wonderful area. Wonderful area. It was right next to the subway and Um, so I commuted back and forth for the first like three months that I was there still looking for an apartment. And then I ended up subletting in Washington Heights. So I did that. I stayed there for about nine months and I, it's it's a New York apartment. It was, it, it had, it was an older apartment. I will say that my first apartment really set the bar high because I had a ginormous window. (laughs) So Mm. I had a very nice window, but I was in Washington Heights. So it was 
party all all day every day but I loved it it was so vibrant I just even in the times that you were mad about missing the subway or even the times <laughs> that you were frustrated about things I knew that I was living to my fullest at that time okay. I knew that that was what I wanted to do and I was happy about it um I loved the job that I had at that time. I was coaching. I was also kind of peeking into the administrative side of the gym and it was great. But again, then I realized I always, I felt like I had that fire burning in me that wasn't, I wasn't doing everything that I wanted to do. And like I said before, I always felt like I wanted to coach, but that was I always felt like I wanted to coach. And then I realized when I taught, when I tried to figure it out, like, okay, is it just coaching? What do you want? What is it that you want from this? And it was like, no, I want to help the kids. I want to help my kids in some way. I want to help people because I realized like anytime that I was coaching, like I would help my kids in some other aspect of just gymnastics, because when you're coaching gymnastics, your kids aren't always going to win. You're not always going to have the state champions, you're not always going to have the little kids who you automatically know are going to be amazing. And I, not to say that I was that, but I definitely, when I did gymnastics, it was like, also, you know, my dad, so <laughs> he, so, excellence is expected. You know? <laughs> okay, let's take a pause there. Tell us a little bit about who you are as a gymnast. I think people need to understand that. So as a gymnast, when I was, when I was younger, I was initially going the elite route, which was going towards going to the Olympics. Um, I was homeschooled in middle school. So from sixth to eighth grade, I was homeschooled. Unfortunately, the gym that I was at at that time um, wasn't really looking out for the gymnast or the little girl as well as the gymnast as a whole. It was, this is exactly what you need to do. Whether you like it or not, whether it's healthy for you or not, you're going to work out consistently and all of that. Like, I think when I would see you guys, it would be like, okay, this is the one break that I have out of the whole year. Like it was, it was crazy. And then by the time I decided to go to high school, I talked to my parents and I said, I really want to just focus on getting a college scholarship. And I changed gym and I went to a gym that embodied that. So I tried to go the elite route. I did really well. Like I won state championships in New Jersey. I did like I did high school gymnastics and I helped my team win championships. I did individually well. So I did I my gymnastics experience at the time. I still felt like I wasn't doing that great because I was always expecting to win or always expecting to be the best. And so when I did it, I was like, well, that's supposed to happen. I never really got to fully embody it and be happy about it. But now I understand that. And also one of my biggest, I will have to say like achievements, but it also comes full circle into where I am today when I was a junior in high school, so for college athletes, like when you're a junior, like you should already kind of, if you're an athlete, you should already know where you're looking, your top schools. And by the end of your junior year, 
most likely that summer you will know where you're going to college if you're looking to get a scholarship. So I had a great junior year. I had a great high school career. And um, the end of my junior year for club gymnastics, you go to regionals, then you go to nationals. If you make it to nationals, you're usually going to, you're going to see a college there. And if they like what they see, they're going to talk to you if they have it already. And right before regional, at regionals, I tore my Achilles. So I, for some people, that's a career ending injury. And I, this is just some, this is just how I am. But when it happened once I, I was, I denied it. I was like, I could walk like we're fine, but like, I really couldn't. My doctor was like, sit down, stop trying to move. When do you want surgery? Like, what is this happening? And, um, <laughs> and then I actually worked with a physical therapist who was a female physical therapist. The one that I worked with when I moved back to Jersey. She wow. was the one who gave me my first job when I moved back to Jersey. And it was funny because she is other than my coaches and my teammates and my parents who were helping me because emotionally it was a lot because you see all of your teammates getting offers. I literally had coaches call me because at that time it was, you had the coaches could call you at a certain time. I had coaches calling me that day and that, and now that I look back on it, it's great. Like that is an honor because some kids don't who are healthy don't even get those phone calls. But I had coaches calling me saying, like, we would love to have you, but we need to see how you do if you come back. And it was always, if you come back, if you come back. And I was like, um, excuse me, like, who said that I wasn't coming back? Like, that's not an option. It's just how strong am I going to be? And, um, and God always just put that in me because that was just not, that was not an option. I was coming back because I'd worked so hard. And I ended up coming back and going to nationals my senior year I already had my scholarship to Arizona State at the end towards the end of that year that season which that in itself has just been a whole bunch of God working his way through things that I didn't even know until after like when I talk to people about it I talk to my teammates they're like how did that even happen like how like only you be on it that's the only you would, that would happen with you know and I was and now looking back on it I get so excited talking about that because it was just gymnastics was my life. And as you were, you were a gymnast since you were like, I, I, I only really remember gymnastics. I want to say like, I might've done stuff when I was younger, but I was competitive like from five or six. Yeah. I, like yeah. I was competitive for the majority of my life. Like yeah. I, and that's why when I graduated from, and I had a very successful career in, at Arizona state. I had an amazing career there. I even got injured there and medical redshirted, but then I was able to compete, compete for two more years. My coach was like, Oh no, we're going to, you're going to redshirt and you're going to use your next two years if you can. Like we want to keep you, you know? And my fifth year, so the last year that I competed, I was the only all arounder. I was a senior. I was the grandma, <laughs> but I was the only all arounder that we had. And then one of the things that I say with my gymnastics, we have, I want to say you compete maybe about 50 meets. Like if you have a four year time span of it equals to about 50 meets. If you go up to regionals, I competed my score, my score counted 46 
of my 50 competitions for my team. And the only reason why I had two that didn't was because when I came back my fifth year, my coach didn't want me to do, it was either like, you're either going to not do floor or you're not going to do vault because you want to save your foot because it was a foot injury. And then my freshman year, I had two meets. My first two meets as a freshman, I did an exhibition for beam. So my score didn't count for it because I wasn't the strongest beam worker when I first started. But as I went on, I was, I grew into a stronger beam worker. So I had a great I had a great career like I I, when I was finished it was like okay what's next what are we doing with that audience did you I mean we have a champion of a gymnast on the line with us and if you have children nieces cousins um, friends children that want to be competitive in any sport Beata just gave you some great information, some great insights about what it means to be um, an athlete and the commitment that she and her family made to that dream. But as she said, some things are full circle. There were some incidents that happened and it gave her insight to things that she didn't even understand what they meant at the time. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Beata is going to tell us how she lives the AIE life. If you have a plant, then you need to visit Mr. Max Plant Things, lover of plants and creator of plant things, an Etsy shop with unique plant decor. Follow them on Facebook to get tips on how to propagate and flourish. Remember, Mr. Max Plant Things. For lovers of plants, they're the creator of plant things. <laughs> Before the break, we asked you, Beata, about the AIE life. Please share us how you live authentically, intentionally, and empowered. I feel, and this is something that I have recently, and also by listening to your podcast, <laughs> this is something I've been thinking about for myself, but I feel that right now because it's always evolving i feel that right now living an authentic life is by doing things that inspire me by following through with things that inspire me even if it is something that i feel fear i feel fearful of <laughs> that makes sense like yes. there are certain things that i've done in the past year or two or three years that i knew i wanted to do but it was just kind of a dream because I was too afraid to go for it. And now that I have gone for it and it was like, as soon as I just committed myself to doing it or did one action toward that goal, I realized that it wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. And that has helped me live a more authentic life in my, in my eyes, because I was going the safe route for a long time. I was going the safe route for a long time and it seemed like it was great, but I had that fire and now living this authentic, and it also empowers me because then I realized like I can do this, you know? And I think that is my way by just doing something every day that I feel inspires me. And even if it's the smallest thing, even if it's looking at my plants and realizing that something's growing. So. So let's talk about your plants. 
I'm going to get emotional at some point. So we already know that's going to happen. Let's talk about your plans. How did you get, I want, I'm one, the words that want to come out of my mind, how did you get into plans? How did plants become a part of your life? Always, always been around. Say it again. Always been around. For some reason, you're breaking out. Try to. Can you hear me? Yes. Now, go ahead. My plants have always been around. Um, My mom has a bunch of plants throughout our house. Um, Growing up, my mom has had these two ginormous, they're like almost palm leaf, like kind of plants. I I love plants, but I don't know all the names yet. So that's one thing that I'm always learning. But my mom has had plants that are probably my age or older. Um, Actually, my mom has a plant. I don't know if Aunt Pam still has it, but there's a plant that Aunt Pam used to have that my mom gave her. So like the plants have always been around and in my life. And they really, I had one or two when I lived in New York. And then when I moved to Atlanta was when I really decided to get more plants and pay more attention to them and learn more about them. Um, During COVID, excuse me, um, last year, it might've been about in May, June, I was was getting a little stir crazy, (laughs) as everybody probably was, everybody else probably was. But I was trying to figure out what can I do that's going to just occupy my time a little bit more. I, I know I had just finished classes, so I wanted to do, and I have this really nice balcony that had ample amount of light, if anything, too much light sometimes. And um, I realized that we had a nursery that was five minutes away. So I went on over once it was safe to go, and I went to the nursery, the plant nursery, and I left with like three or four plants. And I put that, I repotted them. I was just putting them in different areas of my house. And I just loved looking at them every day. (laughs) I would talk to my mom. I talked to my mom almost every day, but I would talk to her even more because then we would talk about the plants. And then I would, it was a trial and error. It was a learning process. And then it was also just me realizing like, these plants grow, you have to, I, I also was realizing I was probably talking to my plants better than I talked to anybody else. I was giving them so much life. I was like, grow. Yes. Get your light. Here's your water. Here's everything you need. Just keep going. And I gave them names and the names are hot mess, but there I gave the name and I was like, you can do this. You can grow. I see you with that leaf. I see you with, I see you with the roots, everything. And then it just became, I was like, you know what? Other people want to know about this. I'm going to start taking pictures. I'm going to start putting them on Instagram. And then that's kind of where I created uh, my business. But it was more than just my business is creating plant-related things. I just wanted to make some pots. I made, and I just am decorating them. You know, I did that. And I had some mugs that I was making that, just started re- making me feel good. It was just, it was something that wasn't a part of school, 
which was taking over and it wasn't a part of gymnastics that people usually knew that I did. It was something that I just felt deep within that I was like, I just want to do this. And like I said, something that inspires me. And I just was, I ended up having about, I have from the four that I had, I ended up with, I have 12 now, which in the plant community is still nothing, but it is, it is a lot in my place. If you ask my roommate. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to share with you something. I watched you on Instagram and I saw you with your plants and I saw you grow your business and, or start your business. I saw you when you started your business and it inspired me. Um, I had this one plant that was from a dear relative of mine that had passed away. And I was not respecting the plant. I was not caring for the plant. And it literally was kind of like sitting in the pot and the soil was dry, but it was still green. Mm -hmm. Even though I wasn't caring for it, paying it any attention, um, it was still green. And when I came back from burying my father, as you, when people pass away, people give the families plants and we all took a plant. And when I came back after burying my father, I looked at that plant and I said, I need this to live. I need this plant to live. Um, the plant that I received, um, I did not take the plant when my brother passed. That's still at my mother's house. And mommy, if you're listening, I'm coming to get my plant. So um, <laughs> um, I needed that plant to live. And I watched what you were doing. And I said, I have never in my life grown a plant. Every plant I've ever had died. And this one plant, which I didn't know if it was alive or dead. It was just mm-hmm. there. So I followed what you said. And um, I clipped a piece of the plant and I placed it in water. Now, there's another thing that's that's very interesting. I also went through this period of purging during the pandemic mm-hmm. and I found all of these clear vases. And oh, yeah. every time my husband looked at them, he said, OK, you ready to throw these away? And I was like, no, not yet. And he's like, okay. And he give me another week or two. Are you ready to throw these away yet? And I was like, no, not yet. And I didn't know that the purpose of all of those vases were to hold my plants. Mm-hmm. And I started doing what you call propagating. Yes. Yep. Propagating. I and I will tell you. I just learned about propagating last year. Literally, when I learned about it, I posted it because I thought it was the most amazing thing. I, it's literally just you clip a part of your plant, you clip it, and it you separate it from the rest of it, rest of the plant, and you put it in water. There are other plants you could probably put it in dirt, but it's just you put it in water. It's in its most um, 
like I don't want to say authentic again, but it's like it is most like clean state. Like it's just alone. It's all by itself. You don't do anything with it, and you just leave it. And that was something that this is what, and I know for a fact this is why plants were brought into my life when they were, because I wanted everything to go on my time. And with plants, you can't do anything on your time. On your time, like nothing is going on your time. It's the plant. And with propagating, I literally had this happen last, maybe last week I had, and of course, some of my plants have died. I had, I had this snake plant that has these large leaves and it's, and I had it, I knew that it needed a lot of sun, but it doesn't need that much sun. And the patio that I, I mean, the balcony that I have has a little too much sun. So it kind of scorched the leaves. I was doing a little too much. And I tried to bring it back in the house and bring it back to life. And it just wasn't, the leaves were just a little, they were just too burnt to really come back. But it did have one or two leaves that were still doing just fine. And they were on the inside. And I read up on how to propagate the snake plant. And it literally just said, like, you just need to sniff the leaf when it's closest to the root and put it in water. And all it says is you just put it in water. Now, every other plant that I've propagated, it's been about three to four weeks, you'll start seeing some sort of rooting. This snake plant, literally, I did it. And I'm like, I was telling my mom, I'm like, mom, what is happening? Like, it looks like I, I, I put the water in it. I put it near the sun. Nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. And she's like, well, you need to just be calm. Like, the, it'll happen on its own. There's nothing. She's like, nothing is wrong with the plant. Like, it's not molding or anything like that. Like you have it in the sun, you've been changing the water, you see that the water is going down. So you know that something's happening. It's just you can't see it right now. And about two weeks ago, I like was doing my normal cleaning off that plant, changing the water. And I look and you just see like the little roots coming out. And I was just like the happiest person. I was like, mom, I called her. I've got roots, she's got roots. And literally day was about two weeks ago. And I only saw like little pieces of it. It was just like, you had to look closely. Now today I've got about an inch and a half. Like it happened. And once the roots happened, then everything just started flowing. Everything started flowing. And that is literally why God put plants into my life because there were things that were happening in my life during that time. And I still wasn't understanding that lesson. I wasn't putting it in my plant perspective. And it's even talking to you right now, it's like, oh yeah, this is making sense. This is why this is happening. And my plants, my plants were what helped me they were what helped me without realizing that I needed help and they realized that you cannot do things on your own time frame and we we know that like God has his own time but I wanted to do I like things at a perfect time and it, if you tell me it should be like a month I'm expecting it a month <laughs> you know like if it's not happening at then then what's going on and that just showed me like even not like just seeing those roots and then like when I repot plants and you see the roots growing, you see, you take it out of the pot and you see that root just molded to that pot mm. and there's, it's growing. It's still growing. Even though you didn't give it that space, it's still growing. And then once you let it go, 
then it can grow even more once you give it that space and once you take it out. Like it, it was all of those things I'm learning from my plants that God was literally like, I was trying to tell you that before, but you clearly weren't understanding. So I'm going to put it in this perspective. <laughs> I love God like that. I love him that he is so patient with us that he says, you know what? Okay. I tried to tell you this way. I tried to tell you this way. You know what? Let me, let me show you how I do it in nature. Let me, let mm-hmm. me show you give you a different perspective. And I think a lot of what you're sharing comes from your life of discipline. To be an elite athlete, you have to be disciplined. You have to have a routine. Things have to be on a certain time. And what God needed to do was free you. Yes. Yes. Because I was so used to having a challenge that I had to go, I had to mark off. I had every, I, I would literally have like three or four jobs, which that again is not a problem, but I would literally have that just so that I have things to do because I didn't know what to do with my free time. And that was also why like Mr. Max is such a amazing thing because it's something that when I allowed myself to sit down and think about what I wanted to do or something else that I wanted to do, this came. And, um, and also, Mr. Max is just something that's even more important to me. Um, the name is just, it's from my, my grandfather, who is my mom's father. He was the one who taught her about plants. He was always outdoors. If you, he had a huge garden. He had flowers. He had all of his fruits and vegetables. He loved fishing and he loved, he had bird books and everything. He would sit outside and tell you what birds were outside. And Um, He and I were very close. I was the youngest grandchild. So like I kind of hung out with him after school and before gymnastics all the time. And I was, when he passed away, I was in college. I was going, I was, it was after my freshman year and he and I, like, I would still call him when I was in school. Like I would call him once a week. Like we had a very close relationship. And once he passed, that was probably one of the harder hardest situations for me to deal with. And as I went time went on, I would still remember him in lots of different aspects. But I noticed that I wasn't really I couldn't really remember certain things. And that's when like dur- like I would finally start to let myself quiet myself down and actually go through that like grief part because I think I was still kind of even though like I never would have said like oh he's not dead I was in denial that it was affecting me and it took a few years and then once everything was fine and not everything was fine but once I let myself feel what I needed to feel plants were the answer plants were the reason why I felt the way that I did like he was the reason why I felt the way I did about plants so that was um that was something that that's why I decided to call it Mr. Max, because if I thought about any form, any person who got me into plants, it was my grandfather and everybody used to call him Mr. Max. So, or my dad called him Mr. Max and I just knew him as pop-up, but Mr. Max was the one that you went to. If you had any questions about plants, if you had any questions about going fishing, if you had any questions about anything outdoors. And it's crazy that now that I've started this business, that my grandmother over Christmas, she found all these pictures. And there's a picture that is of me and my grandfather, like I was younger, and I was helping him with something outside. 
and I was helping him like put up like a bird feeder or something. And it was literally just, it was, this is exactly what he was doing, helping me do something, you know, he was always helping me. And um, then I found like another picture of us, like he had like his binoculars. So it was most likely we were talking about a bird or something. And we were just really close. And I kind of forgot about that relationship and plants give me that same feeling. So it, that's, it's very, it's, it's just a, I, and I'm still growing with this business. I still am going different avenues with it, but it's, it's just something that is close to my heart. And it's a passion that I didn't know that I had. And I decided to go for it because at first I was like, should I do this? Like, should I start selling these? Like, what do I, nobody wants this. And then, and you put those little doubts in there, but then I just went and did it. And then you see that people do want it. And then also you see that what I'm saying is helping people in more ways than the initial thing that I'm thinking about. So it's, it was, it's, I always, like I said, I wanted to help people. And this is just another avenue of me helping people. And it's just, it's, it's a blessing without realizing it. And I love it. It's, it's great. And I'm happy with where I'm at right now, but I'm really excited to see where it can go. Listen, one of the things that we talk about here at the heightening is that this is a community of women who are living the life that God created them to live. And it's a journey to accept your purpose. You see glimpses of it throughout your life. And sometimes when you look back, you can see those things more clearly. Mm-hmm. But what you've said from the beginning until now is that you've always had this desire to help people. And what you're doing is allowing God to show you different ways in which he's going to manifest that. And that is amazing for a woman at your age to be this open to God and willing to take those leaps because you've taken a couple of leaps in life. (laughs) Yes, yes, I have. And I haven't realized it. And then once you realize, once you look back, you realize, oh, wow, that was, that was quite a jump. Like, so why are you scared of anything? Like you've done big things. So you have done big things and you're doing big things. And I just wanted to personally thank you. Thank you for being obedient and sharing your story and putting it out there on Instagram, because like you said, it impacted me it motivated me to do something different. It motivated me to try something that I was terrified of because I had failed so miserably at it in the past. And I would like to report to you that the plant that was sitting probably on top of the dirt, it it wasn't even in the dirt anymore. It was sitting on top of the dirt. Um, It has roots. Yes, yes. I, I literally, I have people who just text me and are like, oh, my plant did this. So my plant, I have a new leaf. But I get so excited. I get so excited about it. So I'm so happy that you now have roots. <laughs> it has roots. And um, thank you. Please share with us how we can get Mr. Mac plant thing products. <laughs> so right now I have my Instagram, which is Mr. Max, so M-R-M-A-C-S underscore plant things. That's all one word. So P-L-A-N-T 
S-T-T-H-I-N-G-S. That's at that's on Instagram. And then my Etsy page, which is what I have right now. We launched Woo! an Etsy page. <laughs> and so that is Mr. Max Plant Things all one. So that's Mr. Max Plant Things. So M-R-M-A-C-S. P-L-A-N-T-T-I-N-G-S on Etsy. So we've got some mugs. We've got pots. I'm definitely restocking. I'm currently moving. So once I move, we will have new things. But I've got pots that have leaves on them. And then I've got some mugs. I have these really great concrete mugs. And they have little cute things on it. But I am also going into more of the, like I said, you. I realized that I was giving more affirmations to my pots. And you know that you're going to look at your pots like almost every day. So I have ones that have affirmations on them just saying flourish, thrive. And then my next one's going to be like no limits. Don't like don't limit yourself and things along those lines so that you're going to have to take care of your plants. So you might as well take care of yourself while you're at it. So, so Beata, I'm going to ask you, yes, I'm asking you in public in front of everybody. Yes. Can we partner and do something with the heightening and Mr. Mac plants an affirmation? Of course. Yes. yes. Yes, please. Let's do that. Let's do it. No, That's I am all about it. No. Yes, of course. So ladies of the heightening, you heard it here today. You heard from a young woman who started her life in a very disciplined way. And that discipline led her to many victories, many championships, even allowed her to recover fully from some physical injuries, gave her the courage to leap, gave her the courage to pursue her dream. And yet God took her full circle and used plants to teach her how to allow life to grow at its own time. So I want to thank you, Beata. Thank you so much, Miss Yolanda. This was great to just even talk to you, but this was great for me just to even speak with you and tell and just let everything manifest right now because this this had to happen. This had to happen. I'm so glad that it did. <sighs> Please visit Mr. Mac Plant Things. Please visit the heightening. We would love to hear from you. And when you visit Mr. Max, tell him that you heard that you heard about them on the Heightening Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode. And we pray that you continue to live an authentic, intentional, and empowered life. Thank you for joining us today. Please visit us at www.theheightening.com